Hey y'all, this is Allie Spears, your host of the Ag Chicks podcast, where I cultivate connections with the women who are helping feed the world. Okay, so today's a unique episode, I guess you could say. This is the most people I think I've ever had on. Actually, I did an episode with my cousins and my brother at one point. Let me think about that. That was one, two, three. That was six. So this is seven. So we're, we're ahead of that count. Um, but today I have very special guests on because they are uh, poultry science's best and brightest. Um, they are my students. And so we have traveled to Dallas, Texas, a destination city all on its own. Uh, we had quite the day getting here, and we are currently sitting in the hotel doing this podcast recording uh, because they so graciously decided and accepted my invitation to be on the podcast. So I'm going to let them quickly introduce themselves, and then we'll just kind of jump in and, and have a good old life chat, if that works for everybody. Um, let's go with Casey. Why don't you take us away with, with your information? Um, yeah, so my name's Casey. I am currently a senior at Texas A&M, class of 24. Um, I am from Cut and Shoot, Texas, so if anybody listening knows where that's at, props to you. I feel like that's the most country location you could probably get. Oh, for sure. I think it's, if anybody knows where it is, it's because they happen to pass it driving (laughs) through Texas on their way to Louisiana. Um, Other than that, it's um, one flashing yellow town. Does it really have one stoplight? Yep. Dang. Not, Not even a stoplight, a flashlight. Yep, that's it. Can't come. Can't come. We're special in our yeah. little ways. Dang it. Amaya. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm Amaya. I'm from Weatherford, Texas. That is right outside of Fort Worth. Um, and I'm a junior at Texas A&M. And hi, my name is Kirby, and I'm from Wallace, Texas, and I actually have a one-up on Casey because my town doesn't even have any stoplights, let alone a yellow flashing light, so super small town vibes in that area, so. Dang. Nice. <laughs> my name's Isabella. I'm a junior at Texas A&M, and I'm from Clear Lake, Texas, where there's a lot of stoplights. <laughs> <laughs> I live we next to NASA, so, like, there's a lot of, um, technology. Plus <laughs> stuff going on. Yeah. I am Kaylee. I am from Katy, Texas, and I am a sophomore poultry science major, and we also have a lot of stoplights. What? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Reagan, and I am also from Katy, Texas, and a sophomore poultry science major. So we've got a wide variety of backgrounds, I feel like. Um, and we'll get, so we're here in Dallas. Did I already say that we're here for the FFA convention? Oh, mm-hmm. see? That's how the day's been. It's just been it's been one of those days. But yeah, so we're here for the state convention for the Texas FFA um, state conference. And we will be working at the poultry science booth. So I don't know if there's any FFA members that listen to Ag Chicks podcast. But if you do and you're here, come say hello. Um, but I kind of want to talk to you guys about a little bit about your FFA experience, but then also why you guys decided to go poultry science and kind of your plans for the future. So... What did you guys, you guys were all in FFA, correct? Yes. Okay. What were the things that you were involved in in FFA? Like, and you guys can just like jump in. It doesn't have to be in any specific order. Um, I think I probably have the most different experience from the rest of these guys um, because I did plant judging That's my right. entire time in FFA. So I did like range and plant ID and um, those and like forage. So very different, no live animals out of it. I did show, but like 
for contest wise. Um, everything like that was just very different. A lot of memorization. My parents still ask me to go out in the pasture and figure out what something is if they don't know what it is. Um, but so kind of a different side of it. Uh, I showed goats, which was super fun. I love goats. They're like little dogs. Yeah. They're my favorite thing. They have so much the personality. So much personality. I think they have the best personality. No offense to anybody that shows anything else. <laughs> I but, mean, I don't know about that, but they have a good personality. <laughs> <laughs> but because of that, I never touched a chicken before college, which I think is yeah. very different than most <laughs> poultry science majors. Amen. Not a perfect fan, but we'll get into that later. Um... Yeah, so you were a plant girly. I was a plant girly. And I know you did floral stuff, right, Kirby? Yeah, I did a bunch of floral stuff. Um, not like the contest side. I did more uh, live animals for CD events. I did dairy judging. It was more involved in LDEs, like chapter conducting and public speaking, ag advocacy. I was more of like more involved through leadership development events. But as far as plants go, I did a bunch of arrangements. Our high school FFA was actually like their own floral company on the side, so we did a bunch of arrangements for events, and it was a super cool experience. Yeah, and Kirby's ag teacher was Bailey, or is, was, was, you graduated, was, uh, was. <laughs> was Bailey Adams, uh, who was on the podcast, ooh, over a year ago. She was in season two or three, I can't remember. A long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> She's um, Yeah, so check that episode out if you want to know a little bit more about that, and like the ag teacher side of this, um, but yeah. And you said you did plant stuff, too? I did a lot of... My school had their own, like, show. And we were, like, going into, like, I think close to 60 years worth of the show. Yeah. And I did all... I did, I mean, the animal side of things, too. But I did the non-animal stuff. So I did, like, horticulture, floral design, photography, stuff. So, like, kind of, like, the undermined things, mm -hmm. too. Because, I mean, it was a quick entry. And if you did silent auction, you got a lot of money because... CCISD has a lot of good donors and stuff. Yeah. So I did like horticulture, like succulent gardens, and like I did silk arrangements, like like your non traditional like silk arrangements. Like I did one that had like the macrame stuff mm. with the really pretty garden roses at top. But like I did floral design class and I really loved it. So when I came to college, I was looking for a summer job and I worked at a floral shop. For oh, like six cool. months. That's cool. So, I took that and ran with it. <laughs> I cannot relate. Really, I did not do the floral stuff. We didn't really have a floral program though or anything cool like that. I couldn't do it because I'm allergic to flowers and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a minor issue. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do in FFA though? Chuck, oh, I did. I did it all. Um, I showed. I was an officer. Um, we had a dog grooming business that I was in charge of. Um, yeah, it was fun. I I loved the dog grooming part. That was uh, got to meet all the teachers, pets, pets. and mm -hmm. hang out with them. Um, I did CDs, LDs. I was involved. Beef masters yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Beef masters. Yep. Yeah, doing doing our nationals. nationals yep. Yeah. Next, or today. This week. Next. Yeah. It's yeah. Next week. Next week. Excited about that. And it's here in Texas. Uh, yes, it's in Belton. Okay. Cool. 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 Ladies. Mm -hmm. Um, my FFA journey started a little differently. My brother did it, but he was not good at all. And my one goal was to be better than him. Um, but he didn't really do much, so it kind of wasn't that hard. But I started, um, I did theater in junior high. 
and I was pretty involved in that so I knew going in that speaking was what I wanted to do so I went in and I did not want to do green hand creed however that was what I was placed on but I loved every second of it um, as far as CDEs go, I did not start off on poultry. I actually started off on entomology. Yes, me too. Um, One yeah, competition above. and I was done. Yeah, I will admit, <laughs> I will admit that was not where I was supposed to be. Um, but I quickly joined poultry my sophomore year and I loved every second of it. And I am very grateful for where it got me um, to this podcast pretty much. So, yeah. Add tricks full circle. Mm. <laughs> um, I was when I was in FFA I was kind of just had a hand in almost everything we mm. did um, big LDE girly I was <laughs> I was on quiz did well with those um, chapter conducting and then poultry CDE was not my first choice honestly I wanted to do horse judging but I was persuaded to go into the poultry stuff um I did a little bit of science fair I wish I did more because I thought it was really interesting once we got into it and figured out the process of it all um I also raised pigs I was not a big fan of it I guess I was really more into the LDE CDE teams of FFA rather than the livestock part of it but I also don't come from an agriculture family yeah so my parents still don't really know what I do yeah but that's what I was gonna ask too like out of you guys like do you have agricultural backgrounds or was like FFA your first kind of introduction Kirby's shaking her head first introduction first First introduction introduction. broke everybody into it now we're growing our own animals (laughs) I mean like my dad grew up in California so he wasn't really as involved and my mom was like a big like dancer in high school so neither of them were in FFA but my grandparents raised cattle. We've had a big cattle background. Aunts, uncles. My grandpa, he sells seeds. He still does that now. Big crop people. So I kind of like restarted it in this generation of my family, I guess you could say, and brought it back. And now all my siblings are doing it. All my cousins are doing it. So it's been pretty cool to like watch it move into this generation of my family. Yeah. I think that's a good, like, I think people downplay 4-H and FFA sometimes. Um, or they don't think about the things outside of, like, showing livestock. Like, yeah. there's so much more you can do with it. <laughs> and it's such a good introduction for youth to get into agriculture. Because, I mean, what, one, two, three, four, five of you said you don't have any agriculture. But sit. What? I do. Oh, you, I thought you didn't. I didn't get to say that. Oh, go. Sorry. <laughs> I should well, it, like, it was, it's like a, like, slope. Like, my dad comes from Kilgore, so East okay. Texas, where he grew up on really, like, big ranches and stuff like that whereas my mom and and like my dad was a bull rider and then my mom she comes from the ghetto part of Houston like (laughs) like the ghetto like bars on the walls and everywhere (laughs) but she came to Texas A&M and she got her own horse and she was a barrel racer and everything like that so when I was born I was born in College Station Mm -hmm. and then we lived there for a while and then we moved to Brenna where we had our own acres and then my grandpa had cattle and they still do but then I moved to Houston to a really like suburban part where like any everything that is around there is NASA right and while NASA has like a small like the deer and the live longhorn stuff like that that's not something that's really popular down there unless you're starting going towards Galveston you got Santa Fe Texas City they have like uh 
ranchettes, you would say. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, something, FFA is, like, really unheard of down there. So, when I went to high school, we didn't have junior FFA, we didn't have none of that. Like, my chapter was maybe 30-something kids in it. Oh, wow. Maybe. Dang. Yeah, oh maybe, maybe. Like, sometimes it'd be, like, and that's not even, like, active members. Like, yeah, our just, active members was way smaller. Like, yeah. we maybe had, like, I couldn't tell. The officers and maybe just a few kids that showed animals. And then those, like, really bad kids that, like, only did, like, photography and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, as far as, like, having an ag background, it was something that was very prominent in my life, but, like, not. Not in, like, the location that you were. Not at all. Yeah. Unless you moved around, like, when I lived in Brenham, there ain't. There is not much there but cows and plows. Yeah. And then you go to Houston and you're like, you got freaking... People in city. <laughs> city folk. You got uh, spaceships and stuff landing, like, literally on the side of the road. Like, it's people doing bomb, like, subjects in the field next to you. Like, <laughs> that's what it was. Like, middle school, I lived across the street from NASA. I went to Space Center. Oh, yeah. And we would have... Uh, lockdown when nasa was doing test subjects in the field across us they blow stuff up it was great that's <laughs> crazy you know, that's where our field trips were it got boring after a while so <laughs> you could only see so many yeah, i could give the tour on what we're doing <laughs> like i've been there so many times but no that's crazy that like how by you being involved in ffa or 4-h like you can like literally change your family's dynamic of being involved mm-hmm. in agriculture yes. yeah so i have a big thing on that because my family, both my parents grew up in California, like in the city, no agriculture anywhere in there. And big military families, we moved around a lot. And then my siblings were not involved in any type of agriculture or anything, but I had the chance to go through school in Texas. And so when I got to high school, I was like, FFA is kind of what I want to get into a little bit. My parents had no clue what I was doing when I was in FFA. Um, they were like, okay, so you're gone every morning and every afternoon. You come home smelling like crap. What do you do all day? <laughs> don't really know what to do. Um, and then I finished up high school, and I came here as poultry science. And honestly, in my senior year of high school, my parents left the suburbs, moved out to cut and shoot, and <laughs> literally live on acres now. My dad's taken up all sorts of, like, gardening and stuff like that. Just spends his t- entire day outside now when he's yeah. not at work. And has gotten like so big in agriculture and they grew up in the concrete of California. Yeah. That's yeah. just like my family. Yeah, Such that's a peaceful really lifestyle though. Yeah, like mm-hmm. um so I wouldn't really say like my family was ever away from it, but I feel like I definitely brought it back and now my family we actually raise honeybees on the side and we harvest honey from them. That ag exemption? So, yeah, tax <laughs> exemption right there. <laughs> Every time I go to TSC to buy feed, I'm like, tax exemption. <laughs> Yeah, it's super cool just seeing it, how it's, like, different for each member of my family. And now, like, my siblings are involved, grandparents are back involved with it. And it's all in different ways than, like, what I would have ever thought it would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for you guys being so close to such a big city, too. Well, and Katie's, yeah. a f- I mean, it's a suburb of Houston. Katie but, yeah. has such a deep root of being old rice fields. Like, yeah. our, we went to Katie High School, and that was founded in 1800s. Yeah. So, it... Our ag program was founded in 1932. That's when it got its charter. So it was still around for all of the rice fields mm-hmm. and that. So even though we are in a very big suburban place and just keeps growing and growing, yes. we still feel that. And like if you ask, rural part almost just from 
small town Katie. Everyone yeah. still supports it the same way. If you were to ask anyone who lives in Katie where they live, they'll say Katie. Yeah. But if you were to ask someone who goes to a part of the Katie area schools, <laughs> they'll say Katie. But people who are from the heart of Katie are like, no. Like, you don't see the pastures that are, like, yeah. a mile away from us. Like, me personally, like, I live in the heart of Katy, Texas. I don't live near the, I guess, more... We're still, like, suburban in some aspects, but I don't live near all of the development. Yeah. While it is getting more into the heart of Katy, we still have that rich, small-town feel, and we can still call ourselves a small town in a way. But yeah. yeah. And I feel like, too... In those types of situations, which I know all of you are kind of, I mean, different, but semi-similar in terms of, like, the building up and development of areas, I feel like people in those situations, even, you can disagree with me, but, like, obviously people in Houston don't have, like, any concept, really, of where their food comes from, but even in those, like, places where we're all from, like, they still don't have any idea where their food comes from, and it's, like, literally up the road, Yeah. and I think that's the craziest part about it, like, my hometown is small town, but kind of same thing like outskirts are very rural but then the like town is very built up and when I would tell people like I showed cattle or I lived on a ranch they were like what like yeah Yeah. where are you from and I'm like literally five minutes up the road like what and I think that's just like a weird dynamic of the society that we live in it's very weird for my town because we're known for um I think what is it roping horses or cutting horses Uh really cutting horse Capital, Capital. yeah, and you would have never known that driving into our town. Like I didn't even know that until I was in FFA, and they were like, "Yeah, we're really big in cutting horses." You're like, "Where do you see like a cutting horse?" horse? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, like across the highway, like my town or town, like where the area I'm from is like like different places. People heard like one popular area is Friendswood, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people know Friendswood, and they're like, "Oh, that's like a rich area. It's like a lot of neighborhoods." But Friendswood is, like, there's a lot of land, and people, like, have animals and everything, like, and it's just across the highway from, like, the mall, Mm -hmm. like, everything is just down the road. Like, you just start driving, and you're going to just start seeing grass and cows. So, like, it's very, it goes like that, a snap finger to where things come from. I feel like that's a Texas thing, too. Oh, 100%. So I don't feel like in California it's quite... Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously California is a huge ag state, but people don't realize that. Oh, no. It just and depends on what part you're yes, in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or even in the parts. Like, I mean, my family's originally from the Bay Area. You know, you don't see anything green going from home to work, and it's a 30-minute drive. Yeah. But here, just to get, you know, 20 minutes away, you're passing ranches, and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something really cool about Texas. Yeah, I would agree. No, go for it. Our town tried to do, like, a good job of, like, making sure our town knew about Katie's rich history in agriculture. So we always had this thing called the Rice Festival. Mm -hmm. And it's basically all of the rice farmers in Katie would come and, like, (coughs) FFA chapters would set up a booth and people would go and, like, yeah, it was, like, a cutesy little festival where you can get food and your kids could play. But, like, they could also go to the booth and learn about agriculture and kind of... We would try 
to teach them about it because Katie's history is so rich in agriculture. Right. And it was a good way to get the town involved, but also teach. Yeah. So. Do y'all have like festivals like that? Yeah, we had a peach festival. Cause we're yeah. Oh, is that where you got the peach, peach salsa? Peach yeah. salsa to my room. We, it was, we were all in the news too. Like we, like if you're, like, like I said, if you're driving in weather, you're like, where's the peach tree? No. Yeah. There's like right out, like on the outskirts, there's like a big like vineyard almost with peaches. It is, they, there was peach everything from shirts to like shirts. salsa. Yeah. There was, it was good. Like I'm not a big peach fan, but the peach festival no. was, was pretty it fun. All to me. <laughs> but also I think that's one thing that FFA does a good job of is like, I know for me, like I did ag issues in high school and one of the things we had to do before going to state was we had to do forums. So we had to like go out into the community or like find people from corporations to do Zooms with to tell them about our topic. Oh, cool. So it was like, it's a, it's a good way to meet people and it's a good way to advocate for like your different topics because everyone has a different topic. So we tried to keep ours local to Katie, but mm -hmm. also like it could relate to other areas in right. Texas and the U.S. Well, and depending on like who those people were, they yeah. could be reaching for yeah. Them, yeah, so like a lot of times we would give it to like city council members and like tell them like, this is how we see this issue and we like had to debate the pros and cons of it yeah so that was a good way for us also to like be like hey guys this is an issue yeah and it's crazy even seeing that on the big scale like something small like oh if someone's from like the city side of katie maybe they don't know that it used mm -hmm. to be rice fields but yeah. even on the bigger side like the poultry side you meet people that eat eggs every day for breakfast oh. and they don't realize that the eggs that you buy in the store will not be a baby chick like yes oh, absolutely. and that's crazy to me because it's like it's literally something that you are dealing with every day Chickens like are a small-town Texas thing. It's a yeah. crazy yeah. nationwide. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Worldwide. Reagan and I did our science fair project over poultry, and, like, we would tell people about it all the time, and they'd be, like, We still bring blown. it up. Anytime yeah. eggs get brought into conversation. We're like, um, did you know this? Yeah, like, oh, my gosh, did you know this? And they are, like, mind-blown. Yeah. Like, even the judges. Like, everyone, <laughs> like, you, like, take the topic to. Like, it's just like, crazy, like, how sometimes like misinformed people are right yes. or like they're not informed at all yes. i think yeah. that's a big a deal marketing tactic though on the well, corporations yeah. let's hide everything behind the big fancy words that no one can ask the question yeah, yeah, yeah they don't, they don't care about they're like mm -hmm. oh hmm, don't care just by ranchers for ranchers together let's make ranching easier Previously known as Cattle Back Box, Strayhorn has rebranded to better match their ability to push the envelope in creating innovative animal management products to serve the ranching community. Strayhorn is rooted in tradition and ranching legacy, but they believe in the opportunity of looking at things with a new perspective to drive the industry forward. Check out all of the things that Strayhorn has to offer you and your herd. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But like even like people who are like conscious of what they eat, they really don't know like mm -hmm. all the information. Like, like you know, you said a marketing thing. Mm -hmm. Like you learn about that in class. How these different companies, like on packaged foods, they all have say like 
this, this, which they all mean the same thing. Or like, but said differently in different yes. words multiple times on the package, and people are like, oh, well, it says this, so yeah. I'm gonna eat that. Like antibiotic-free, antibiotic-free, everything like that. Like, of course there's no antibiotic. Yeah. Or it has like, a pretty picture of a chicken. Yeah. 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 I want that one. Like, it says like, that chicken. these two are the and I want the chicken. I want the happiest. I want my eggs to be happy. The one that irritates me the most is the antibiotic, or not antibiotic, sorry, hormone oh, and steroid-free. Oh yeah. People have no concept that in the 1950s, the FDA outlawed yeah. hormone. Yeah. Additional, okay, first of all, no meat is... Um, hormone free because they're living animals, so there's yeah, a yeah, uh, trace no. of hormones. <laughs> like, just like us, we have hormones yes. in our body. They got hormones, in but their like body. the fact that people pay extra for because my favorite thing to do is stay in the grocery store and be like, watch people, like yes, mm-hmm. try I to do pick that. out which oh, thing they're gonna pick up, or people like I'll grab the cheapest one because to yeah. me it's all the same, yeah. Yeah. and then they like will put it down and kind of like look at you like. <laughs> you're buying bought yes and like i love having conversations with people in the oh. um yes i just yell at things i'm like it's the same thing <laughs> no literally or like the misconception of like the brown eggs yes brown eggs and like, I had to, brown eggs are yeah. way healthier i had to educate what? i had to educate my friends on that i was like if you poke me with a needle you poke you with a needle we're both gonna bleed red it's the same with the chicken egg. you crack a brown egg and you crack a white egg it's gonna it's be, gonna be the yolk. Same, yeah the same color great great teaching concept i'm gonna have to follow that one away for uh for a talk later <laughs> But talking about agriculture and, like, after FFA, and obviously you guys are all in college, what, is there something that made you want to pursue a degree and hopefully a career in agriculture, or was it just a whim? Oh, absolutely. Um, Like, I think a lot of things people don't realize about FFA is, like, it is one big happy family, so, like, being around those people makes you want to submerge yourself in agriculture, so, like, Mm -hmm. For me personally, like having a great advisor was a big deal to me. So I had an amazing advisor, I'm sure Jacob Price. Um, He took the time, sat down with me, taught me, helped me through things. And now I'm pursuing the exact same thing. I'm gonna become an ag teacher. Even though I am majoring in poultry science, I'll have that and a certificate to teach. But because of the support I had in FFA, it pushed me to pursue that degree. Yeah. And it's something I'm very, very excited about. I'm the same way. I had a real great act teacher. I still, I mean, shoot, she's here today and I was calling her. I still hang out with her, go to shows. And, you know, everybody's like, what are you going to do with the poultry degree? I'm like, an ag teacher? You don't, you didn't got to go and do ag leadership to get a um, certificate to teach. I was like, to be honest, it's better because you have a broader, like, research and stuff like that about stuff and i was like well i ask you something because she did equine reproduction and i was like what about this about an animal or this and i was like oh that's cool like, yeah that was different for me though like yeah my teacher i liked like on a personal scale like my teachers i really did like them they inspired me to go be an ag teacher that i didn't have no like, but i think that's just as uh, important, I guess. Not, yes. Yeah, impactful. Like, Thank give you. the student, my said future students, what I didn't get. My art teachers, like, have the code to get into my house and, like, oh. they'll come check on our animals <laughs> and do everything. Like, yeah. Bailey, don't be stealing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pork is in the blower. And it doesn't even have to be, like, necessarily about your ag teachers, but, like, what inspired you to want to? 
pursue a career in agriculture, I think, is maybe more of a... It's just, like, the new generation's, like, not being as, like, knowledgeable of agriculture, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, we go to school with kids who don't know... I'm not going to say know anything, but they seriously don't know anything. And well, I think just even in ag, like, even in ag, people and don't understand. Ag, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially students in my school who come from, like, low-income families really find their place in our FFA chapter where they can be themselves and they can be involved and not get away from the house, but get out there and make new experiences and have fun, you know, and just get away because my school is very, like, small, low-income. But, I mean, yeah. our ag teachers do a really good job of making sure everyone's involved and I think we've had like record enrollment in FFA. Mm-hmm. I think everybody who takes an ag class has to be in FFA, but more people yeah. are becoming involved every year. And I credit our ag teachers for getting them involved in that. Yeah, it's really hard to do that in like like where I come from, where it's really like unheard of. Like you around my school, there's nothing but office buildings and like you have a forest across the street because we live. I live right across the street from. UHCL like it's literally like you walk across the street yeah. so it's just trees deer NASA the big rocket ship is right there <laughs> it's really hard to get people involved like that because it's not really inter- it's not something that's in our area so like our uh, like not chapter involvement well that too but like kids in the program is like nothing like at our school the ag classes, if you were, like, a kid who was, like, a bad kid or something like that, you get thrown into an ag class. Sometimes those kids are, like, the best kids. Like, no, yeah, because like, all they need is someone to believe in them and, like, yes. show them yes. their it's, potential. It's hands-on and, like, yeah. it's, like, can't, especially you can't you get in trouble in an ag class. You can. You can, but, like, you learn life lessons. You can, but, like, it's fun, like, doing, like, the, like, ag mech stuff, like, this is, like, stuff, like, you know, some people might, like, uh, my family works on cars, or might like, you know, stuff like that, like, people can relate to stuff like that. Yeah, I, like, big time saw that, because I didn't, so I didn't do FFA my whole four years. Yeah. I came in late because FFA, our school, was a GPA dropper. It wasn't the high oh. thing. I came in, I was, like, okay, I'm planning, like, big things for college, whatever, and I was not going to do it because it looked bad. Yeah. And so I was really hesitant to start it, and... But I'm a big believer that school's not for everyone. My dad didn't go to college. He's a mechanic. But I've learned more from him than I have in a school in my entire life. And so you can really see that in ad classes, in FFA, of, like, the people that just need something to focus on in a school setting where they have to be there all day. But they get that little reprieve in the classes where they do work with their hands. They work with something that they're going to actually be using in 20 years rather than geometry. A life skill. Don't get me wrong. You don't see me with the, oh, this is an acute angle right here or something. Like, I am the biggest nerd out there, but I can see the value of working with your hands and, like, how much joy it can bring to people that sitting in a classroom and, like, hearing history facts all day just drains them. I think that's a really cool thing about ag and FFA that gives people, like, a new purpose when they feel like school is just absolutely the last place that they want to be. Yeah. Yes, like, for me, I had, like, a relief going to my Mm -hmm. ag class. Like, that's Mm -hmm. something I look forward to is just, like, oh, going to do matrices lunch in there yeah yeah yeah, like that was like the social place like for kids who are in it kids who like were just in the classes like going and sitting in your 
ag teacher's classroom during lunch was just such a safe place. That and get hang out with all the animals. My teacher, we, yeah. had, we had pets in there. We had Same. ferret. We had we dogs. Had everything. My ferret. Aren't those are ferrets illegal? I don't know. Oh, no, my ferrets? teacher had no, four ferrets in our hamsters. They're illegal yeah. here? I mean, they are legal here? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're illegal she, in California. She had a... Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Everything's legal in That's California. We had four. Like we had rabbits, <laughs> and we would breed them, and then we had ferrets, we had chinchillas, we had every kind of lizard you can think of, snakes, we had everything. Mm. Yep, that's why I go to the She wanted yeah, to bring no. in a sphinx, and I said, not today. Yeah, we had snakes in there. They were super cool. They are like a... So I we got know. some future ag teachers. Mm-hmm. What yeah. else? Everyone wants to be oh, an ag teacher? I know. No, no, I know. No, no, yeah, no, no, so no. hitting I'm it from out. the nerdy side again. Uh, <laughs> I So I knew growing up that I wanted to like work with animals. I wanted to be a vet. I was your typical. I want to work with dogs and cats. That's my life growing One up. One of those. Which is like so fair. Like people that, like we need them, honestly. Like, oh, we have to they, have them. We need them. There's too many dogs in this world, you know? But, <laughs> and so I understand that, and that's what I wanted growing up. And then as I got older and older, I realized that, hey, maybe I don't want to just be looking at ear infections and dogs for <laughs> the remainder of my Me life. with my bloodhounds. <laughs> 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 allergies, I, I work that. at a vet clinic, and allergies is probably 95% yep. of the things that we see on a daily basis. <sighs> Um, but so getting into high school and honestly getting into FFA, I learned like the agricultural side of it, not just your domestic household pets. And I like found a passion for food animals and like seeing where our food comes from and knowing it, but all those animals need the same treatment that you know, you, your dogs and pet, your dogs and cats do. And so I found a love for food animals and coming into A&M, I found poultry as that little outlet. And now it's really funny because when I told my parents that I was going to go, so I'm a poultry science, animal science double major, and animal science fills in the gaps that poultry science has, but um, I told them that I wanted to be a poultry vet, and to them, they hear, okay, I go to a vet on Saturdays with my dogs, and I, they look at my one dog, and they, you know, check it out, so when they hear poultry vet, they think, oh, someone's bringing in their pet chicken, and they're going to get... They're gonna get a once over, and I'm gonna send them home with some heartworm medication and some pills. I've done that before, and so that's what they hear, and that's what my you know my extended family back in California hears, and they don't understand that like I want to be working in the barns, I want to be working in the industry, like I'm not gonna have one patient on a Saturday, I'm gonna be having millions of birds in one house, right? And like that's what I want to do on that side of agriculture because I mean, animals feed the world, right? And they need just as much oversight as, you know, your domestic animals do. Probably um, more. Well, and I yeah. think that part feeds into the animal welfare piece that a lot of people discredit agriculture for when, clearly, right? Yeah. That is the one, that is the area you want to <clears throat> dedicate your life to. And so I think that's a good testament to, obviously, you, but then the world of agriculture that we, you go through a lot of schooling and a lot of time and you spend a lot of money to get that education so that you can treat those animals and take care of them in the right way to, and and know that those animals are going into our food system in a healthy manner yeah and the crazy thing about that is i will actually so i'll have my four years of undergrad and then an, praying to god and then, vet, and then another additional. four years of vet school so i will graduate vet school with my DVM, like every other dog and cat vet. Right. And so I will finish those four years with the same license that your Saturday 
vaccinations vet get. But then in order to get <laughs> into poultry, uh, in order to get into poultry and to get into such a niche specialty that takes a whole different set of knowledge, because I'm not just looking at dogs and cats all day, I will be in another two-year program yeah. just before I even get in a house working with birds. Yeah. And so, so <laughs> like, you know, your doctors, your vets and everything that are taking this time and spending this god awful amount of money right. to do everything with livestock we're going even far farther beyond right. that um just to look at a bunch of chickens <laughs> that proves how much care and, like heart we have for the animals that we're gonna eat they're going into our body right Not even just yeah. we're like for the like for the chickens but like for the world like it takes one to care like about what people are consuming like yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of food right there. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do, Reagan? Um, it took me a while to fully commit to wanting to be in agriculture when I grew up. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like Casey. I did not do ag all four years of high school. I started my sophomore year, and <clears throat> that feeling of missing out on a year really pushed me to learn everything I can about everything. Yeah. Ag. Um. Well, when I had people like Kaylee, my same age, doing all this other stuff, feeling so far ahead of me, like I wanted to play catch up. So, did all that. And I finally, I guess my senior year of high school, committed to poultry. I always knew I wanted to help. Uh, did Whether it be as like a doctor or a vet or whatnot. And it, it took me until senior year to realize that I did not want to be a vet. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm on the track to go into nutrition I'm not fully in love with the idea I yeah. still like the diseases aspect and like pharmacology stuff mm-hmm. so we'll see but I do plan on getting a PhD in something while I'm here Heck yeah, girl. so I don't know where I'll end up if I get Chicken bored doctor. if I get bored <laughs> in undergrad I'll just be an act teacher too because I <laughs> <laughs> wow. so well, we can always use more <laughs> no we do need <laughs> I, I mean not we need so much. Yeah. Good act teachers. Good act teachers. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. What do you what did you want to do if, My if you're not whole being life an I wanted anymore? to be a vet and then I got accepted in him and I was like, never mind. <laughs> I I grew up my dad works in the agriculture industry. He works for Cisco Corporation, which oh, yeah. is a really large food company. Right. And he's a quality assurance manager. Well, he flies literally all over the world, like different. France, Switzerland, like everywhere. And growing up, I went on maybe like two trips with him to go to like some really like well-known places like uh, Cargill, Catelli, which is in like New York and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I would go to the plants with him, like put on the the cap and the hard hat <laughs> and the little stuff. And like at that age, I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was like. That was not an interest to me. And then I got into school, and I wanted I didn't want to be an ag teacher anymore. I didn't want to be a vet anymore. I wasn't a poultry science major to even start. I was, <gasps> yeah, I did not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I actually was going to do poultry science on my, like, application just so I could get into A&M and switch. <laughs> I, I didn't, though. Uh, that is a, uh, for I your know. freshman admissions, that is not a, um, yeah, well, that's not true. I had a non-traditional way anyways, but coming back to it now and, you know, working a farm job and every other job you can think of, 
I want to be a quality assurance manager, <laughs> which is what my dad does. Yeah. And I want to do exactly what he does because he gets to travel, paid for, yep. around the world, makes good money. And then, like Casey, you're like, you get to see, you like, help all the food stuff. You're making sure what people are eating is, like, safe. And safe. Quality. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have uh, the authority to, like, <laughs> improve our food system. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want sure. like, more of, like, the business and sales side of the industry. We had someone come to one of our classes from Merck Animal Health and talk about selling vaccine programs, and all the technology is super cool, and I feel like I could have a better impact through, like, sales and business and communicating with people and still having this poultry knowledge and background to be able to answer more of their questions and put them on the right track with um, their flocks and stuff like that, but not so much the veterinary side and medicine side I guess you could say um, cool you want to be an ag teacher right Maya yep. yeah be cool we got a my, my family yeah yeah but I think obviously all of these careers are things we need to make the world go round clearly <laughs> especially in agriculture but I think it's also a good representation that just because you have a degree in agriculture more specifically poultry science does not mean you have to be a farmer yeah. mm-hmm. yes in fact most people who and you don't even have to have a degree in agriculture to be involved in agriculture mm-hmm. but people who f- go to school for ag i think there's a lot of misconceptions around like oh they're gonna be a farmer or a rancher or whatever and like i'd say 90 percent 99 percent 98 98 feels like a good sweet spot <laughs> 98 percent don't, yeah, <laughs> don't make that a facebook post um but Ag Chicks said... Yeah, <laughs> quoted Ag Chicks. Um, <laughs> are not farmers or ranchers. Now, I will say, I think vast majority of people in Ag, like, maybe have some form of that on the side or, like, as a hobby that if you're, like, my father and my family, the hobby turns yeah. into more than a hobby and it also becomes a part of your lifestyle, lifestyle. Um, while you have another job or are involved in some other aspect. Um or they grow up in it, and they just they go to school to get better knowledge, then go back and like fix their yes, their farm. Yeah. which I think is also a really cool testament to how ag has evolved over time. Like, I think there's a stereotype that you know farmers and ranchers and people in agriculture are dumb uneducated, and uneducated yeah. and not with technology. When agriculture is probably one of the most technology forward industries, like. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the Rotom in the new barn. I swear, it took me longer to figure out how to use it than I did setting up a brand new iPhone. Oh yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, we could figure and out way more on the line. We went to a poultry processing facility, and I had never been inside one, and just the sheer like amount of technology. There was like maybe 20 people working the line of I don't even know how many pounds of chicken moving through there in an hour. Yeah. Like yeah. I was amazed at how just automated the whole process is. And so that's just And it only advances as time goes on. Like, we're not going to need any people at one point someday. Yeah. Like, they're growing chickens in lab, like, growing meat in labs now to be mm-hmm. sold. Actually, I, don't, I don't feel too confident about that. I don't know. Yeah, I that's something I would not think that's going to go <laughs> downhill. <laughs> anyways, uh, so we've got an early morning, ladies, um, to, you know, impact the youth of tomorrow in agriculture. <laughs> Woo, excited. But if anybody is wanting to connect with you guys off the podcast obviously because we can't talk to the listeners um no way (laughs) if only it was a live audience uh what is the best way for them to connect with you either 
via social media or email, I guess, if you're comfortable with putting that info out there on the World Wide Web. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. going to be your best friend in college. Oh, I don't have LinkedIn. No. Oh, you're no. going to have you, What are you not taking 381? I will be taking it this semester. Okay. She will. Yeah, I would say I got Instagram all day every day. Yeah. 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 Instagram. Instagram. Like, start yeah. there, and then DM once me. the conversation gets going somewhere, then start sharing more. Okay. Yeah. I'll put everybody's um, handle in the in the show notes if anybody wants to reach out to the lovely Hi. ladies <laughs> of the FFA Chicks Gang like, 2023. Comment down below. Okay, thanks, ladies. Appreciate ya. Add chicks for real. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks for more agricultural-related content, and also be sure to check out your favorite podcast here from www.agchicks.net. We'll see you next time.